0: So today, I want to talk a little bit about the concept of the true self and the false self. Or the concept of the, um, how can I put it, the ego. So New Age has got a lot of talking about the ego. Sometimes in Christianity, you hear about the true self and the false self. And Paul also calls it the sinful nature, living in the flesh versus living in the spirit. So a couple of years ago, a friend of mine recommended a book to me by Eckhart Tolle. And Eckhart Tolle is a spiritual teacher that um, wrote a book, I think about two decades ago, called The Power of Now. And back when I heard about it back then, it was very sort of off limits for Christians, you know, very new agey and spiritual. And, you know, we sort of prayed against that kind of stuff. And it was... Very weird for us, so obviously we didn't read it or get into it. But then, about two years ago, a pastor friend of mine read this book and he said to me, Andrew, you've got to read it. And it's very interesting. And at that point, I'd already read Thomas Merton, Richard Rohr, Henry Newen, a couple of, you know, Christian writers that look at things in a bit more depth, that speak about the true self and the false self and the concept of the ego and what this teacher, spiritual teacher, Eckhart Tolle was talking about was basically the ego and he had a spiritual experience where he made a clear distinction between I and myself. If I can just sum up what happened to him, he wanted to kill himself. And he was very depressed, and you know had a very negative and critical life, and you know things were going very bad. And one night he had this thought, "I cannot live with myself any longer." That's what he kept saying to himself, or he kept hearing it. And basically, he was about to commit suicide, but then it struck him, "I cannot live with myself anymore." and he realized there's two me's here. There's I and then there's myself. Who is I and who is myself? Why are there two of me? And basically what happened is he realized that the myself part is the part where he would live in his thinking mind, in his feelings, where his life and everything he experienced was interpreted via his mind. And everything was full of judgment and negativity and he would comment on everything and his mind would compulsively gravitate towards negative things and et cetera and et cetera. And the I part was basically the one that was being tortured by the myself part. So the I part was the free part, the one that just is. And the myself part is the one that was basically thinking about all this junk and making him negative. And basically what happens what happened to him was then he had this clear separation between I and myself and experienced some sort of a death that happened to him that night. And the next morning when he woke up, he was basically free from all this this negativity and all these things pulling him down and everything was brighter and everything was clear and and, um, you know, he became this this great teacher. Now, I'm not advocating specifically, you know, to follow Eckhart Tolle, although I listen to him and read, to him, read him a lot. But I take what he says in a Christian context, because I believe that the things he's saying is basically referring to what Paul refers to as the sinful nature, where Paul says... Um, You know, don't be controlled by the sinful nature, but live in the spirit. And he had this experience separate from Christianity, but I do believe God was still involved in his experience. And I do believe that God is using him sort of in a way to bring people outside of Christianity into freedom, in a sense. Into a place of liberty from, you know, wrong thinking and and basically the flesh. Now I do believe that the Holy Spirit is still involved in doing this and in bringing people into freedom, but and I also don't believe that they always know that this is God and the Holy Spirit working. But I don't want to go into technicalities and you know make clear separations between things. You know that's not the point of of this talk. But what I what I do want to talk about is basically what I see happened at the cross, in a sense, as clear implications for the true self and the false self, the ego versus you know the, the true I am um, the sinful nature versus the spirit nature. So something that Eckhart speaks about is the way that the ego is reactive. Now you can think of it like this this is just one small little thing, but the ego or you or people basically want to protect themselves, and that's what the ego does very well, it wants to protect its identity, you want to protect your identity, you want to protect your status, you always want to feel sort of important, or better, or safe, and that is basically a false assumption about life, that's basically a false assumption about who you are, and you are trying to protect yourself from something that's threatening this way in which you perceive yourself, in which you perceive life, and in which the ego perceives itself. Now that might might sound very strange, but let me give an example. So when Jesus says, you must lay down your life in order to find it, basically what he's saying, or what he did, was he laid down his life in order to find it, and if I lay down my life, I will find it. You know, if I let go, if somehow I enter into his death and I experience his resurrection, a part of me dies. You know, The sinful nature part of me dies or died with him. And in that death, there came a resurrection into this new life, into this freedom from flesh, into this freedom from sin. Now, An interesting thing how this has bearing on the cross is that, you know, when Jesus was crucified, he basically showed no resistance, you know, when Pilate questioned him, um, he kept quiet. He didn't say much, he didn't defend himself. He allowed the crowd, he allowed the Jews and the Romans to crucify him. You know, earlier somebody said to me, yeah, but he um you know he avoided being crucified earlier that's true because his time didn't come earlier you know at some point in time earlier he avoided being crucified he didn't want to stir the crowd up too much sometimes he slipped away so they couldn't throw him off a cliff there's a couple of examples like that in the bible but when that time had fully come basically he gave in he gave over and he submitted to the Jews wanting to kill him. So if you think about that, what, hap- what would have happened if he resisted the cross? If he said, no, I'm going to make myself known to all these people. Um, let's take, for example, as he's on the cross, they say to him, if you're really the son of God, you know, come get off this cross and then we'll believe in you. Now he could have very easily done that. He could have called down twelve legions of angels and you know brought fire down and you know lightning and everything and said, "I am God. I am the Son of God. You shall believe in me." Everybody would have fall, fell down on their faces and worshipped him and came over. You know, God has now won the battle, and everybody can now believe in him. He has shown himself as you know the beautiful Creator, and now that's the way the story ends. But now coming to think of it, why didn't he do that? If God really wanted people to believe in him, why didn't he just, you know, do it? Why did he die such an obscure death? Why did he allow people to crucify him? Why did he allow everybody to misunderstand it? You know, not many people understood that he was the son of God, that he had to die, you know, only the disciples afterwards you know they didn't even you know believe it they didn't even connect the dots only after he appeared to them and opened up the scriptures scriptures to them did they start to see the whole big picture and then the disciples had to start preaching and you know spreading this message out of something that you know most people didn't even see so why did God choose that way of trying to bring in this new order, this Christianity? Why did he go in that direction? Now, if I want to connect this to the ego and to the false self and the true self and the sinful nature, so as I've said, there's a big part of me and a big part of all of us, or in all of us, that is this false self, that is this thing that has a certain way of thinking, living, living, Um, Breathing, you know that that's just selfish in a sense. That is completely aimed at the way I want things to be done, the way I see things, the way I want to live my life, the way I want to preserve myself, the way I want to want to see things turn out. This thing that's completely focused on me, 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 and I believe that is the root cause of all catastrophes, of all suffering on this planet is this thing called me, this I obsession. And if you take that to its maximum, then it becomes wars, it becomes um, murder, it becomes selfishness. It's the root cause of all evil. It's the sinful nature that is within us. So what Jesus demonstrated is that he allowed himself to be crucified. He did not resist. If I resist something, That has got no power over me, then basically I give that thing that has got no power over me power. I'm going to say it again, if I resist something that has got no power over me, then I'm giving that thing power. I'm saying, no, 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 I'm not exerting effort to to withstand something that has got no power over me. But why am I trying to withstand it if it's got no power over me. Why do I then try to fight it? And that's the thing that Christ came to show us, that he was not afraid of death. He was not afraid of crucifixion because it had no power over him. It had zero power over him. If he had fought against death, he would have given death power. He would have said, no, I'm afraid of death. I'm going to fight it because it's my enemy. And, you know, he would have been afraid to die in a sense. And then death would still have had its power. So the bigger picture, the bigger plan that Christ came to show us was that he was not afraid of death. He would submit to death. He would allow people to crucify him so that he can show that death has got zero power. He did not resist because it didn't have any power over him. And look what happened after he was crucified, he was resurrected. Now that is a much bigger feat, a much bigger victory than trying to fight death and trying to fight people and say, no, I'm God, I'm going to show you. How to do things. No, no, no. God's bigger plan here was to bring freedom to people, freedom from death. The theme of the cross, the theme of Christianity is the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's it. Without the crucifixion and the resurrection, Christianity completely falls apart. So, in that sense, Christ was the representative of the human race, he was a man just like you and just like me, or a woman. And he represented all of us, and he was still God as well. He had the full spirit of God in in himself, and he was not afraid of death. He died, they killed him, and he was resurrected. So in that sense, Jesus completely let go of the self-preservation nature of the ego this thing that tries to preserve myself and defend myself at all costs. He said, no, I'm going to let the self go. I'm not going to try and you know, fight for myself, or for my own pleasure and for my own victory. I'm going to let it go because it's got no power over me. I'm bigger than death. I'm bigger than anything you can throw at me. And what he's essentially saying is that you people, all of you, are made in my image and my spirit also lives in you and you don't have to be afraid of death. You don't have to have the self-preservation nature because you are bigger than it. You don't have to fear it. You don't have to fear loss. You don't have to fear failure. You don't have to fear anything happening to you, death. Nothing has got power over you because I am in you. And you're in me, and I have conquered death. Now, this is a much bigger victory than anybody could have ever imagined. Jesus' plan wasn't to become the new emperor or the new president or the new king physically on this earth. His plan was to free people from the sinful self preservation nature that lives and feeds on fear. That was what he came to do. So, I want to put this out there and make you realize that Christ dying weakly, nakedly on a cross was the biggest victory. It was the victory over the ego, the self, the false self, the sinful nature. And the same Spirit of Christ that lives, or the same Spirit of God that lives in Christ lives in you and in me. And that same resurrection power that's in him lives in me. Therefore, I do not have to fear death. I can live completely free. So what I'm trying to say is that this is the point. This is such a big thing to see that even though it was obscured from our understanding, you know, even, was, even though it was obscured from the disciples' understanding back then, God allowed this misunderstanding to happen of why he was crucified, he allowed it. He allowed wars to happen in the name of Christianity, allowed people to kill each other in the name of Christianity. He didn't want that obviously, that was not his purpose, but he allowed it. It still happened. Why did God allow it to happen? Why didn't he sort things out, make things very extremely clear? Why was there different interpretations of the Bible, of the cross and such, such such a big mess in terms of the different strains of Christianity and fights between each other and between different religions. Why didn't he just make it very clear? Well, the point is, (laughs) that's not the point. He is not afraid of misunderstanding. He's not afraid of being misinterpreted. He's not afraid of his message being misunderstood because it has got no power. Eventually, the victory and the cross of Christ will reign supreme because it's objectively happened already. And it's subjectively happening in me and you. Nothing has got power over it. If God resists all these things and tries to sort it out, it, He gives it power. And He says, He, give it, he then gives it the validity to exist. Can you see it but it's got no power so he doesn't resist it and eventually what's got no power will completely fade away and be swallowed up by the victory of the cross so i started off by you know bringing sort of a guy that speaks a lot of new age terminology speaking of the ego having this crazy experience of dying and you know a death um, you know from the true self or the false self and and i've connected it with christianity but for me, I'm not afraid of reading those things. I'm not afraid of listening to that. Because it's got no power over me because the Spirit of Christ freely lives in me. And even things in different religions, even people saying things that don't you know, agree with Christianity or they don't understand Christianity, there are even some truths there that resonate with me, that resonates in my heart and that will resonate in your heart. And if we don't resist everything all the time and give it power, by the Spirit of God, truths will be taken from the things that are being said by others that are not Christians. And those truths will work in us and bring freedom. We don't have to be afraid of it. And we need to just trust in the Spirit of God to bring us into freedom, into glory. So I've basically said two things here, that I'm not afraid of, you know, listening or reading other things from from other books or other people or other religions. Because I know the Spirit of God will take those things and sanctify them and bring them into, into the light of His truth. And then also that the victory of the cross is a bigger victory than anybody could have ever imagined. It is completely liberating and completely freeing. That's why the cross is said to give us liberty and freedom. We are free from sin. We are free from trying to fight it, from worrying about it, because the Spirit of Christ, the resurrection power of God, lives within me. Thank you. I hope you have a great day. Amen.